You're listening to The Bob and Bo Show. Here are your hosts, Ty Bob and Ty Bo. Welcome back to the show. I'm one of your hosts, Ty the Bob. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show, baby. We've had some changes, but uh, first, first, uh, I'm Ty Bob. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Suavage underscore. We're also joined by Ty Bo. Make sure to follow him and the show at BNB. Actually, let me make sure I have this right because we just changed it, everyone. We've just made uh, changes again. Uh, Christian did decide uh, to leave the show, and no, uh, no biggie there. So we're just rebranding for the nineteenth time here. Like I said, we change, uh, we change so much around here. You'd think we're the state of Kansas. Uh, but our new show's at is Bob in Bo Show. So make sure to follow Tybo and the show there. Um, B O B N B O Show. There you go. Tybo's on it. Um, like I said, we got some changes, uh, new graphic designs and everything going there. It's just going to be Tybo. Because it's, it's Bob and Bo. It's Bob and Bo, baby. and Bo. Love it. I love it. Well, there's some other things that I love and don't love about what's currently going on around the NFL. We'll start us off with a little bit of news and break into a top five by Tybo or Tybo's top five. But to start off the show, we've got some news out uh, and a little bit of it being overshadowed by some other news. We'll start off with the overshadowed news. Uh, the Miami Dolphins uh, are getting into some big fire over tampering uh, with a coach and a player, Tom Brady and uh, Sean Payton. Um, Tom Brady, we all know that situation. He was going in to be a minority owner and hopefully getting traded uh, which is why he retired, quote unquote, uh, and that just kind of messed that whole thing up. Uh, and so now the uh, the Dolphins will be uh, removed of a first round draft pick for this upcoming year and a third round draft pick for the 2024 season. Uh, in in notation, you know, that, that really that. sucks for them after giving up all they gave for Tyreek. You know, like after. The picks they yeah, gave up not, this year that's and not next good. year that's, for Tyree. Well, <laughs> and given that this is this is a huge sentiment with that because one thing that that everybody's kind of forgetting about over these last couple of days is what is the Miami Dolphins' plan? Surround Tua with as much help as you can get, and if he doesn't work out, use a first round pick to bring in a young guy out of the draft. That plan is gone. The plan is gone. And they don't necessarily have the cap space to be able to move that around for next year to bring in somebody, another quarterback who's either asking for a trade or will be a free agent. They're just not going to have the capital. And now they don't have the first round draft pick to be able to do so if Tua doesn't work out. So they have put all their eggs in a basket for Tua and they're going to have to ride Tua potentially through a contract or a franchise tag until 2024 when they can get their first round draft pick back. Now, hypothetically, what if their original plan worked and they brought Tom Brady and they got Sean Payton and then they got Tyreek Hill? Would the Dolphins have been a lock for a Super Bowl or appearance or, or let's say, AFC championship? 
their defense is solid enough. Like we we saw exactly what that <clears> team was last year, and everybody. If you weren't somebody who sat on the couch and watched the Miami Dolphins and said, you know what, they are a really good quarterback away from, or even like like just a better quarterback than Tua, they are that much away from being able to compete for a Super Bowl. Like then you didn't know what you were watching on the screen. They have got the wideouts. They have got an a, a very good offensive line. They have got a running back by committee, and that defense is one of the top in the league and young. So if we're sitting here, we're not saying if you put Tom Brady on that team, even without Tyreek Hill, that they're going to become potential contenders. And then you add Tyreek on there with the other weapons that they have. Like, what are we doing? I think the only thing that doesn't make sense is like how old Tom Brady is and how, I mean, I don't know if he's really disproven this like sentiment in his old age, but like his arm, I, I mean, I don't think his arm has ever been great. Like, I don't think he's known for his like throwing power, but you know, like Tom's not throwing the ball as far or as hard as Patrick Mahomes when you're throwing a Tyree kill on a, a, a seam route or a, yeah. a, a, like a, a wheel route or something like that. Like, that's the only thing that didn't make sense out of that trio for me, but like that would have been in some entertaining football. Like even if I think, I think what a lot of people do is they look past what Tyreek's skill set actually is. Like, yes, he's fast and he can burn people all day, but did we not watch what Tyreek did over the last couple of years? Look at his route with wasp. Look at a lot of the routes that he did from underneath and the bubble screens and, and, what he's done there like yeah he's got a lot of catches for over 20 yards he's also got a lot of catches underneath that go for more than 20 yards his route running is crisp he's one of the better route runners in the league and he's just fast out of the break to create separation he can run a five yard in five yard out run a button hook run a run whatever you want he can run every single route on the tree and it doesn't matter because tom brady doesn't need to throw it to him 50 yards down the field 60 yards down the field he can just let Tyreek do all the shimmy and posting that he can do off the off the snap, and he's going to get a ball underneath and just block through. I mean, you're not wrong, but I mean, <laughs> Pat to Tyreek going deep, like yeah, there's nothing I mean, more yeah, beautiful like, than that. It, like, no, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. Half of Pat's highlight reel. <laughs> Now we were talking a little bit about Tyreek. So one Tyreke. of the <laughs> one of the things that that's going on is this was tampering. So that means um, that they were were meeting and speaking either with the representatives or with the individuals themselves while they were under contracts with other teams. So that also means uh, not only is the first and the third pick taken away. Uh, uh, Stephen Ross, the owner of uh, the Dolphins, has been suspended. Uh, and fined, and he is not allowed to do any of the league meetings until next year or committee meetings. He's been suspended from everything, uh, and he cannot resume football operations until uh, middle of October. Uh, and then on top of that, I believe the GM also got fined, uh, but I didn't read too much into that because who cares? Um, but the question before I move on from, from this overshadowed story is knowing – that they did tamper for sure there's evidence with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. Do you believe how quickly the Tyreek Hill deal got done that there was some tampering in Tyreek Hill's situation? 
well, I mean, if they're already being, then they, I don't know, these two incidents came out, but I'm going to kind of lean towards like nothing happened because like who the hell's doing their job if they, if they find out two of these instances and leave one of them out, like they didn't, I was like, oh, no, you're good with that third one. Like, I mean, that to me doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. But, I mean, there's a possibility that you brought it up before show. I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, but me personally. I mean, I, some, some people cover their tracks a little bit better. I think it's an iffy situation. I, I think now, is there is there any kind of punishment for Sean Payton and Tom Brady? Like, what I mean – did um, were were they just reaching out without consent like they were just like bugging tom brady and sean payton or like i mean were they not engaging in the talks themselves too so so what it was is the teams are not allowed to speak with individuals on on any basis if they're under a contract with somebody else the investigation found at least in tom brady's situation that uh, he was speaking with the miami dolphins to be a minority owner not technically a player. Now we do know that they were looking to trade for him. The tampering uh, issues do apparently don't cover that. Um, So that is a thing because it was an ownership, excuse me, an ownership thing. Um, I, I, Tom can't get in trouble for that. And Peyton, Sean Peyton is currently not employed um, by anyone. They could try and suspend him if, he wanted, but he can just come back and say, oh, I'm retired. It doesn't. So there's not really anything that the the league or an arbiter can do in this situation for for Brady or Sean Payton. It's just it's like there has to be. I feel like a two way communication. There's got to be like a two way street or else like I, I mean, I understand all the logistics of why like there's no no punishment handed down to. Tom Brady and Sean Payton, like maybe like a, a ban for Sean Payton. Like you did something naughty. You can't come back, but I don't know. <clears throat> Just seems weird yeah. that like, I mean, they're, I would like to know whether like, you know, if it was just Miami, like bugging them and just reaching out or if there was like consent, like they were, they were in agreements. They were in like actual talks or something like that. And there, I mean, there's always going to be a case of tampering. Look at how the NBA operates with players talking to players and so on and so forth. You go through representatives and it doesn't really become an issue. There, there, there is a sense of legal tampering um, when discussions happen. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know if we'll ever really know that much information about it. Um, but there is a story overshadowing this one. Uh, the news broke uh, on Monday, yesterday. Um, that the NFLPA uh, would hope that the NFL um, just accepts the decision, uh, which we all had uh, from the arbiter, which all, you know, given that information, they're they're not putting that tweet out uh, or a press release out unless they know that the news is good. And sure enough, it is a win for Deshaun Watson and his team for the current moment. So Deshaun Watson is being suspended for six games, no fine. Um, and the league has two days, 48 hours um, to appeal the process. Now, from information that we have on Twitter, from insiders, um, it is uh, sound. And, and most of these insiders are talking on podcasts that came out today and live shows, uh, not so much tweeting. 
they are expecting um, Roger Dell and the NFL to appeal the process. Now that appeals process goes straight from uh, from so the NFL appeals to Roger Goodell, in which case Roger Goodell can overrule anything the arbiter uh, has stated. Uh, that is in the NFLPA's and NFL's contract together, the U- players union and the NFL. Um, so that is, they are currently expecting that. We won't know until the paperwork gets turned in. Um, I don't know, Tybo, what do you think of the situation? So I don't necessarily know exactly how all this works and what the process is, but what is what blows my mind is that we have a female judge right? Her name is Sue something. Mm-hmm. And if she's reviewing these cases and believes, or in these cases, there is sexual assault that has been proven. I don't understand a, a, a woman, a female coming up with this light of a sentencing. That's the only thing that's not connecting for me. And that, that also makes me think that like, I don't know. This is, I mean, it's going to sound terrible for a female audience, like, but like, it, it almost sounds like if, if, if that's, if this is what happens and all the information was reviewed, like there is not, I'm not going to say innocence, but a level of like harmfulness in the actions that Deshaun put forth. Like, I don't know, like he, like maybe he just whipped his wiener out and like, didn't like hurt anybody or like didn't force himself on anybody. Like, I mean, like it's, just whipping your wiener out in front of somebody is a, is a, is a little bit different than like full on forcing yourself got, on somebody. They got CK, so. CK Lewis uh, canceled. Louis CK. Louis CK, <laughs> CK Lewis, whatever it is, whatever his name is. No, uh, I'll he's apparently a back of, now. He's apparently been, <laughs> no, he is like, <laughs> he's apparently been killing it. Um, I'll fill in a couple of blanks for you uh, that, that you had mentioned. So the, the judge, uh, believe her name is Sue. She only met with four of the 30-ish women that came forward. Right. I knew that. So she yeah. only heard four testimonies out of the 24, 26, 30, whatever there are. She only heard four. That doesn't look good. Um, on top of that, she was apparently sequestered as if she was a jury. So she doesn't have, to our knowledge, that has been given to us. She doesn't have the information that the media has been putting out. She doesn't know um, necessarily about all the information that's come out with the 24 or whatever other allegations there are, anything like that. Um, now, she did state that uh, this is the harshest, harshest punishment that she personally has dealt out uh, for something that uh, was not con- uh, uh, deemed as a crime. So again, the the grand jury uh, didn't want to didn't want to hear the trial. Didn't think there was enough to it. They dismissed it. <clears throat> then you have the arbiter who is basically saying the the same thing, but again, only seeing four of the twenty whatever there are. Um, and, and the thing that that becomes relevant in my mind um, is how do you look at something and say? And we can kind of leave it where it is. It's it's not a big deal, and it doesn't affect the Chiefs. Uh, it does affect Baker Mayfield. But um, the the one thing that was uh, crossed my mind is how can you sit there and look at the information and say there's not enough evidence to 
put this person on the sidelines until it's resolved completely, but say that there is enough wrong there that they do need to sit out for a portion of the games. And not only that, but they also need to be banned from ever going to any massage parlors that are outside of the team's facility ever again. That's or at least that's in the punishment. That's, that's in the punishment. He is, he is number one. He is, he is suspended for six games. He is not fined and he is not allowed to see uh, a, masa- a masseuse outside of the team's facility if it is not provided by the team or uh, the team has to provide the masseuse and Yo, he's going to slip up Brown's again facility. he's going to he's going to be like how, how does this happen he's going to be contacting people like he's going to be contacting massage therapists come to my house baby. <laughs> to come, to his <laughs> come to my house baby like bro oh how, like you sit there and like again it's just you sit there and you say that somebody has done something wrong but then the punishment is not like, dude, Zeke, Zeke Elliott got six games for pulling a woman's top down at, at, at spring break. Like we've had, we've had dudes suspended. Josh Gordon was suspended 78 games for weed. And what are we doing? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I, I was looking into it um, as far as the comparison between other, other suspensions for other things. And, you know, the one that sticks out is Calvin Ridley, but like the, yeah. What is it? They didn't. They didn't. The the NFL doesn't have like a explicit rule for whatever he did. So they like were able to like just fly off the handle with their suspension. Like they there wasn't any there wasn't a precedent or something. There wasn't anything. With Rid- Ridley. With Ridley. No. So it is written in the contract in their individual contracts that they're not allowed to bet. Period. Um, so there hadn't been this issue before, but the precedent um, was a, a, a full season. So even though. Oh. Um, so okay, so there was kind so of an there outdated. Is a, there's a that's what that correct. There's an outdated precedent for for betting because now mm-hmm. it's it's uh, it's blown up. But there's technically no precedence for what happened in this. What's going on with this Deshaun? Watson you know, they situation. might need to flip flop the punishment for gambling and sexual assault. <laughs> yeah, we we kind of need to. Let's figure, like we need full to season for sexual assault and you know six games for betting 1500 i would i would understand like (laughs) i would understand ridley's position for a full season if he was playing and it wasn't like a 19 game parlay like if it was just straight up on the falcons to win or lose or whatever it is even if the punishment was just six games like you 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 bet on this one game and then you mess it up for your team and your season for like the next six like i i mean but just me morally am saying that betting Sports betting and gambling. Oh, it's probably not <laughs> as bad. It's not as bad as assaulting a woman. <laughs> yeah, it was uh it's definitely getting weird in the not for long <laughs> league. Uh but Tybo, as we kick off our no, hold on, first hold on, week. Hold on. You 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 talked about a couple big pieces of news, but you're bad about bringing up the receivers that are getting paid. Ah, yes. Got pretty Take much away, the same Tybo. exact contract contract as everybody else has been getting them lately. That's true. Um, but uh, so yeah, he's not going to hold out. He's he's staying in San Francisco. They're not going to trade him. And you saw the incentives um, in Debo's contract as well. Yes. 
I don't think I did. That's he gets, why, he that's gets, why uh, I need your insight and expertise. <laughs> because... uh, so uh, Debo Samuel, it was, uh, was $70 million, 58.1 uh, guaranteed. I don't believe I saw a signing bonus. There's probably one on there. Uh, but I do remember seeing there is an incentive in his contract. X amount of rushing touchdowns gets him an extra $2 million in a year. I believe it was three Just to, to five, keep him motivated to be the utility player. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. That's like that's all it was. So whatever he was talking about, clearly now that this contract has come out is a bunch of BS um where he was saying, you know, I know I want to be the number one receiver and I don't want to rush the ball anymore and blah blah blah. Like that was clearly just a bunch of BS maybe to entice these incentives into a contract. Hmm. And again, it's also rushing touchdowns. So he may get up to the goal line on week 18 while all the rest of the starters are resting on the defense depending on who they're playing and just be like, Hey, give me my touchdown. So I can get my $2 million. <laughs> like, it's just how many rushing touchdowns it is again. I, I it's somewhere around three. Oh, I, I didn't, was, I'm I didn't, thinking uh, like, he's like, he's banking on like a, a, a few trick plays or something like that. Like I mean, it's, a, it's a probably going to be reverse but... or something. That's going to give him like a 40 yard 50, just, just ripping it down. But yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. So all the receivers, top receivers from that class, Debo, uh, uh, AJ, DK, all of those guys have now been uh, scary. Terry have now been paid, uh, but there is only one to have moved. And that was AJ Brown going to the Eagles where they are doing the same thing as the Miami Dolphins and trying to figure out their quarterback the situation, shit, man. <laughs> the NFC least dude. I like I'm the, never. I like the Eagles, I, and I don't like the Cowboys. <laughs> nobody likes the Cowboys. Nobody likes the Cowboys. But it's the NFC least, so you literally never know what you're going to get, and don't expect anything big. Uh, wild. Two teams from the NFC East are going to the playoffs. We'll see. <laughs> I don't want to put all my. I mean, you saw basketball. how bad the NFC was last year. I, that's fair. The NFC as a that's whole a fair had assessment. just like a big, a, a, like a, a chunk of top tier teams, and then everybody else was dog shit. That's that's a fair assessment. I don't know. There's probably two, if not three, coming out of the West. So probably not two coming out of the least. Anywho, <laughs> we'll go. We'll, <laughs> We'll be jumping into camp, uh, camp talk for this last week, and then we will be ending with a tribute to one of Kansas City's greatest. But before we can jump into camp, we've got a Tybo's top five. Yeah, so I just I wanted to apologize first off. Uh, I I'm gonna save the top five restaurants in Kansas City for the next time. Uh, Work's just been a little crazy. He's been following me home lately, and I haven't had enough time to think about it because that's that's one like I love food, and I gotta I gotta give that top five the respect it deserves. So it's coming. It you know, next week. Or next that's, time we that, record. That apology goes straight to at Jeffrey Fawn on Twitter. <laughs> uh, he he did ask for Tybo's top five places to eat in Kansas City. Uh, so like Tybo said, it'll be coming up soon. Just hold. Hold your panties a little bit. <laughs> but today, uh, we we came up with this with this idea kind of, like, but I think it's a good one. It's a good top five. It's the top five AFC West quarterbacks of all time. And I already have two honorable mentions, so we might as well call this a top seven. But whatever. <laughs> and I am going to preface this whole thing with 
there is severe personal bias that has specific people off of this list and specific people that have fallen on the list that might be, or at least NFL history thinks they deserve to be higher on the list. But jumping into it, top five AFC West quarterbacks of all time, starting with my two honorable mentions. Joe Montana. Small stint in the AFC West, but he had some. He had a couple good seasons with the Chiefs. That that, that football was fun to watch um, with him and Marcus Allen. Um, second honorable mention is Rich Gannon. Um, Rich Gannon played for the Chiefs a little bit, and then he also took the Raiders to the Super Bowl uh, when they lost to the Buccaneers. But um, what what was it? The Raiders had the number one offense that year. Like they they were pretty good, um, and Rich Gannon's not bad. And even though he was a Raider. I don't dislike it that bad. And before I go any further, because I absolutely despise Philip Rivers, he did not show up anymore on this list. So number five, the man that slipped to number five because I don't like it. <laughs> and he probably could have been ranked a little higher. John Elway. on my outside looking in. <laughs> Ty Bob has, has some very negative thoughts about John Elway. <laughs> he's a, I mean, he's a hall of famer where they get three in a, they got three super Bowls in a row. Did they not? Uh, roughly. I don't think it was in a row. Definitely not in a row. Oh, well guys got rings, but he is a dog. <laughs> Number four, Kenny Stabler. He's kind of a legendary quarterback. Uh, numbers are, kind of subpar but like there's there's some pretty cool stories about Kenny Stabler you should look into that yourself <laughs> number three uh I liked him before he was a Bronco didn't necessarily like him as a Bronco but he had three stellar seasons one season was record-breaking Mr. Peyton Manning definitely deserves to be on this list of quarterbacks um you know Peyton has his place in NFL history and the Broncos shakily, luckily, gave him his second ring. <laughs> um, moving on up, number two. That was their, their third ring. Before you get to do, I'll, I'll jump back into no, it. No, that always was only Peyton's always second only, ring. Oh, Peyton's second ring. I'm sorry. Peyton only has two. Broncos, yeah. Uh, Elway's only got two as well. Oh, I thought he had three. Anyways, whatever. Number two on my list, second best quarterback in AFC history, AFC West history, Lenny Dawson, halftime, Siggy smoking, gunslinging, lefty, Lenny Dawson. Don't have to say too much about him. We know Chiefs Kingdom knows who he is. You watched him on the news as a kid. Good guy. Number one, this should be of no surprise to anybody. And when I went over this list with Tyler beforehand, he's like, are you serious? And that made me want to jump through this computer and give him what's what. Because number one is Patrick Mahomes. And there should be absolutely no argument with this. And I don't care if I'm basing all of this on what might happen in his career. What this man has done in the time he's been in the league is insane. You know, 
they they bring up Justin Herbert's um, you know he's thrown the most touchdowns for uh, a quarterback in the first two years of his career. Well, if you compare that to the first two years of Patrick Mahomes being a starter, Patrick blows him out of the water. He's on the list, and he only had 17 games to his credit in the first two years. So Patrick Mahomes is an anomaly. He's a prodigy, and this man is definitely the best quarterback that has ever played in the AFC West. It's a good list. You don't disagree with it. I don't disagree with it. I just like to get everybody in a little tiff. Get their get their feathers a little. Ruffled. I think you disagree with parts of my list. Like we, we discussed it. Oh, Elway for for sure. <laughs> um, other than that, yeah, no, it's it's a good list. I like it. Uh, but that also pushes us into camp talk, which has been fantastic. I'll start before we get into even Chiefs camp. Uh, Baker Mayfield has, uh, or, or Matt Rule has said that Baker is going to go ahead and get the uh, snaps with the ones over Sam Darnold. Uh, so Sam Darnold out there seeing ghosts as usual can kick rocks. Um, good for Baker. Um, I also did see. Oh, bud. <laughs> oh, bud. Uh, I also did see uh, that Alvin Kamara's uh, legal issues that he's facing is getting pushed back an additional 60 or 90 days. So expect him to uh, continue on with the season, whatever. What did he do again? That happened at the uh, Super Bowl, He beat right? up a dude. Uh, no, it was at draft um, in No, Vegas. it wasn't that early. It was. It was. It was during not, the draft. I meant early, as uh, recent. I thought it was at the yes. Super Bowl. Mm-mm. I beat it. I'm pretty sure it was at the draft. It was one of the two. I'm pretty sure it was at the draft because it was in Vegas when this happened. Um and he, I guess the super wasn't the Super Bowl also in Vegas. I don't know. Um, either way, he uh, jumped a dude in an elevator. Don't really matter. Jumped a dude in an elevator. Um, <laughs> he Ray Rice a dude. <laughs> Ray Rice. Well, it was him and and six other dudes. Ray, oh. Ray Rice a dude. A you lot. don't even need to do. You don't even need to be there if there's five other dudes. Like yeah, it would, not you a, wouldn't even not have to look. be like a part of it. Like hey, go do this for me and. I don't have to be suspended for the NFL. Exactly. Exactly. Some of these guys, <laughs> not too smart. Uh, Derek Henry what's that, is looking freaking, what's that large and the, fast. The bull nose. Oh, yeah. His, uh, septum piercing. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, there, there's – I really haven't been paying attention outside of uh, Chiefs camp for two – Dolphins too camp has been really popular all over Twitter. Camp. Yeah, Dolphins <laughs> camp has been blowing up. Um, they look they look pretty good. <laughs> there are a lot. There was a lot of early questions about pup designations, which we know. And if you don't, um, the pup designation doesn't matter in preseason. You can get put on the list. I don't and think very many like. I don't think very many lay fans of the NFL know what that entails. Like there was a lot of people freaking out about early, CH going on PP. Yeah, the the physically unable to, to perform list at any so don't like for the next like seven weeks don't worry about it until week one it, it the normal rules uh, of the physically unable to perform list do not go into intact until week one. Um, uh, so right now any player can get put on and they can be pulled off at any time 
at any time. They, even after week one, they can be pulled off at any time. Once week one happens and they go on the list, then they are required a minimum of three weeks um, uh, to be pulled off the list. They can be pulled off the list again at week six if they do not clear at week three. If they do not come off the list af- at week six, they are required to either be cut or put onto the IR um, <clears throat> because the, the pup list will need to be reopened. Jody uh, didn't like get put on the list because of his quad injury, did he? No, Jody is no. not on the list. Uh, he actually was practicing today. Uh, no pads, helmet, uh, jersey, so everything's good. Um, run through the injuries real quick. Real quick, CEH is back practicing, no issues. Uh, Jody Fortson had a quad issue. Not really a big deal. He's back in. Uh, Patrick Mahomes got rolled up on uh, two days ago, or, or Monday, I think it was. Uh, taped him up. He's ready to go practice all day on Tuesday. Uh, no problems there. Uh, other than that, oh, uh, Sky Moore, uh, he rolled out of Tuesday's practice with a hip injury, possible strain or bruising. We will not know what that looks like until tomorrow uh, when you're listening to this. So you'll have that news before you're hearing this podcast. He came, he came out of OTAs with a hamstring, didn't he? Like, uh, it was a minor, minor uh, hamstring Dude, injury at, at OTAs. Um, it's possible. I don't know if many people got to watch the play. He got tangled up, and then he got the uh, he got the hit pulled out at a weird angle. Um, it was just a football play. <clears throat> weird stuff like that happens. He plays especially strains. <laughs> weird stuff like that happens all the time. Um, so not not a big deal if he can come back in a day or two. Um, nothing to really worry about. Uh, but he is having a strong camp from all film. Uh, he did just drop that rookie earlier before he got injured or actually Jamison, uh, uh, Williams, Williamson, uh, got dropped by sky Moore with a dirty out route. Um, so sky is having a great Joshua great, Williams. I'm pretty sure his name Joshua Williams. Yes. Not yeah. Jameson, Joshua Williams. There we go. I, he uh, was getting time a, with the ones. I didn't under, I didn't think he's he still was. getting time with the ones. Yeah, he's still getting time with the one. He's like, they believe in this man. Before we get too far into defense, we'll we'll cover we'll cover Josh Williams here in a minute. Uh, Sky Patrick is quoted talking about Sky, um, uh, basically saying, uh, one day you look at him and you're thinking, okay, he's possibly going to be open. So you come back to this guy the next day. Came back to him and he had a fantastic catch. Uh, it sounds like Patrick is he really liking the way that sky is playing and that's going to help out quite a bit moving into the preseason um patrick's going like, to get to handpick his receivers he'd like the coaches might not even be a part of this decision making like he pat's like i want to throw the ball to this guy this guy <laughs> it's it's possible after a few weeks i would give that i i would say that's 100 percent possible after a few weeks as they get chemistry going and like get some game film and, and figure out what's going to work and not not going to work um, because again, all, all these guys outside of all of them outside of Travis and, and McColl are in their first year with the chiefs learning the offense. Um, Speaking of McColl, he's looking good. His route running is looking right now. Oh, it's so good. It's so it's pr- good. It's I'm, promising I'm, this season. His route running was so crisp in the videos that I saw. Oh, it's, it's, I, upon like getting into this year, I I thought last year McColl was going to break out. That was my big thing. And it didn't happen, but he had, I mean, 
92 targets taken up by Tyreek. There's going to be a lot of open room for everyone to get targets. I'm going to say it now. Expect McColl to have a fat year. We've been saying that. That's not a new take. No. That's not a new take. It's not, but I mean, (laughs) it's it. yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. And Juju is looking really good, too. Um, Rojo is... Looking I think fairly there's, well. I think Rojo's there's going to be the I think three or the four. There's a simple possibility that Juju has more receptions, but McColl has more yardage. I, I think, I think that is a good possibility. A possession receiver versus a yards yeah. receiver. That's, I mean, that's yeah. exactly how they're going to play. Um, Sorry, defense. that wasn't as profound as I thought. No, no, no. That's, <laughs> I, 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 think I think the that's... saddest thing about the offense for me is the report that Josh Gordon's been dropped balls. I think he's going to get. I think he's going to be. I mean, he's just going to get lost. Like, I don't think – if he makes the team, I don't think he plays. I think it's going to go a lot like it did last year. I don't even know if he makes a practice squad, man. I said it earlier in the offseason is he's going to get cut, and I, the league has just passed him by. It's not his fault. The dude – I mean, well, it is his fault. He just couldn't stay off the fault. weed. He just couldn't <laughs> stay off the weed, which that's the NFL's fault and – also, he's got well, I mean, responsibility. You got to navigate within the rules that you're given. You like, do. I mean, you do. I mean, it's it's both. Be smarter about it's it. It's both. But. It can be both. Two two things can be true. Um, can it? Yeah, I mean, the it's just passed him by, and it's sad because you wanted to see him see him be so know, good, bro. Uh, but he doesn't. He's too old. He doesn't play special teams. Don't expect him to make the make because his he may was make it 2013 squad. was I mean 14 games still led the whole league in receiving yards like. Like that 1,600 yards with, receiving. With like, with like three different quarterbacks throwing the ball that were all garbage. Garbage. Hot garbage. Like, it, it didn't make any sense how good this guy actually oh my God. was at one time. Hopefully, he can turn it on. Hopefully, he can have a good camp and preseason. Maybe he makes the, makes the squad. Um, I would like to see him more than I would like to see MVS. You guys know my feelings on him. I don't know. I, I, Offensively, uh, the line is looking good. OB is back. Um, all of you nerds who said that we shouldn't pay OB, he just saved your ass by coming back and playing on the franchise tag because you would have had to sit there while us people who wanted to pay Orlando Brown the money jump on your head as we've got number 71. I don't know who the hell that guy is. Practice Perennial practice squad player gets burned by the 19th defensive end on the Chiefs, so not very good. Are and you gets talking Patrick's about Roderick next Johnson? Snap. Is that, yeah, is whatever. His, is like <laughs> Roderick Johnson, Rodney, Ned, whatever the hell you're going to call him. He gets burned by a ninth, our, our last defensive end on the squad. It's probably a DB playing defensive end and just gets absolutely squandered, um, just overlapping, and, and CEH goes down for like five in the backfield. He's had an awful, awful camp, and he would have been our starter for week one. So all you nerds and weirdos who said we shouldn't have paid OB, I don't think he just saved your happen. ass. So, so make sure you go Wiley on Twitter and you or... at him and you say, thank you for saving my ass, because that's exactly what he just did to come back and play for you. Weirdos. Don't want to pay players to protect five hundred million dollars. Tybo, what are your thoughts? I'm going to get fired up. What are your thoughts, Tybo? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm happy to see uh, Ronald Jones getting the type of reps that he's getting. Um, not I mean I'm not even in c- considering the numbers. It's the type of reps he's getting inside runs. Um, 
the offensive line looks like they're having fun run blocking. So I am just hoping that that little inkling is telling me that we might have a run game this year and Ronald Jones is going to make the team. Um, but, you know, I think, I think the guys that need to look good are looking good, especially on offense. Yeah. Um, I'll say Ronald Jones, it looks like, um, CEH and uh, Jarek McKinnon are getting a, a fair share of the one reps. I did see McKinnon go down with a knock. I don't know how serious. Um, now, I, I, after he went down, the uh, one's reps went to Isaiah Pacheco, um, who has also been named by Dave Tube as the special teams return man, uh, number one straight up. They've been a That's week good. in the camp. That's where he should start. And t- That's you know, I don't a week into camp and uncle tubes is like, this is our guy. <laughs> That's very promising. That's very promising. I like to hear that, but he's also getting reps with the ones while Ronald Jones and co uh, uh, in the backfield are getting reps with the twos, threes and so on and so forth. So he's not getting Jones isn't getting too many reps higher up, depending. We like to keep four on, on the books. Jones may stay he's been getting in reps a, with the twos. Yeah, but but I've also seen him running behind the one offensive line. He's he's been interchange him and uh, Isaiah Pacheco. So that's what I was saying. So the one main reps go to Ceh and and um, uh, Jarek McKinnon. But when Jarek went down, it was Pacheco and and uh, Ronald Jones getting yeah. the share of the the snaps behind Ceh. So he's gotten a few. Um, I'd expect him probably to make the team because they like to keep four four running backs, um, and especially with Pacheco going to be a special teams guy, they'll definitely keep Ronald Jones around. But uh, wouldn't expect too much out of Ronald Jones outside of power formation unless he can get off to an early, early. Oh, like, I don't know. Goal line situation when uh, you know yeah. when all we want to do is sit back and shotgun <laughs> when we're on the one yard line, like. Line up in goal line, get behind these big uglies and fucking punch it in. Like pass passable. I'm fine. Sure. You pat those touchdowns. <laughs> I want to I want to talk one more thing yeah. about the offense because I think it's funny that you don't necessarily like this guy, but Mr. Marquez, and that's exactly how you pronounce it. Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh, have you seen any of the videos of Pat throwing to him? Because Pat is getting the placement down because this guy's a six-four frame. Yeah. This guy's got this guy's got long arms. He's 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 a he's a he's a tower. Okay, and Pat is getting Pat is getting the placement of where he wants to throw the ball to MVS down, and he's going to have chemistry with Pat, and he's also going to put up a decent amount of yards this year. Listen, he's looked good at camp. A lot of people look good at camp. Frank Clark looks good at camp every single year. I don't know what to tell you outside of that. Every single year. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I'll say this. I'll say you can either take the opinion uh, of me. That doesn't mean much. That's fine. You don't have to take my opinion. Uh, but then the other opinion about MVS that you can take is uh, is uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, and it wasn't necessarily an opinion on MVS himself, but more so the fact that uh, Alan Lazard is a future Hall of Famer. Um, and that's the only reason why MVS couldn't get uh, – couldn't – couldn't take the number two spot away from Alan Lazard is because he's a hall of famer. So those are the two opinions that you can take do with that. What you will. As we move on to the, I'm going to do nothing with that. I'm going (laughs) to, 
the green dot, the play calling has been given to the one and only Nick Bolton to run our defense, which is Ooh, astounding. It's great. He's going to be our defensive play caller. He was for most of last year. So that really doesn't change. Now in the base formation, our four, three, uh, we've been putting Leo Chanel in as the number one, Sam. So uh, there was also, that doesn't surprise also, me. And I feel like that's who should be there. No, that, that is exactly who should be there. But there was a report out of camp today on Tuesday uh, that Leo Chanel might've caught a body. Oh, he was blowing up Rojo. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. Uh, I I heard somebody uh, on Twitter, I think it was uh, Herbie, called it a sinus clearing tackle. I've never heard that. I I don't know. Never? Never. It's just when you – it's just – or like – The snot just comes out. Just like – That's happened to me before. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. I've never heard that before. So, okay. So, I I mean, I figured it meant a hard hit, but I just didn't – uh, it didn't really make sense. Uh, but yeah, so he's been playing in the it's base package to number one. I, I could have, I could There's only, no match, especially if you're Rojo. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, especially if you're Rojo and you've been brought in to be like a power guy, that's, that's really sad. Uh, so he's taking the number one as the Sam. We've got the play caller, uh, Willie G. He wants to, be, it's not Willie Gay. He wants to be called Willie G. That's his nickname on the team, apparently. So that's what we call Willie G. I'm a big fan of him. He's had outstanding practices. His name hasn't really been called or talked about much. What um, is this trend of like people coming out with? Like, like Robbie this Anderson is the name changing his called. Y to an IE and um, Arius Shaquille Leonard. Yeah, Sha- yeah Shaquille. Uh, just, it, it, what are we doing, folks? What are we doing? What are we? Let's get it together now. No. <laughs> I'm, gonna call, I'm gonna call you by your government, and that's it. <laughs> um, now, Tershawn Wharton has been looking very good. He duped up Trey Smith, who had a fantastic one-on-one drill. Yeah. That was today. Trey Smith had a fantastic one-on-one drill with Chris Jones uh, earlier today as well in a in a uh, O line versus D line indies indie time. Um, and and then not but a few minutes later, Tershawn Wharton went through and actually just put Trey Smith on his butt. It looked really good. Um, I've been watching a lot of after the practice. The only thing on that rep, like that was a good rep for one-on-ones, but the only thing that, you know, he's an interior lineman. And, right, I mean, he's playing D tackle. No, yeah, he's, yeah. Not do, he's not doing that spin in close quarters like that's a especially that spin he's is gonna like be a playing, move. it's going to be he's going to be uh edging more towards the nose position uh because chris jones on the other side is more of that three tech uh, so yeah i mean it's a i mean it's it's one v ones like somebody's got to lose those normally like there's there's stalemates it's set up for the then. defense good reps, it's set up for the defense but like to win you know that's not like a that's not a football play that's a that's a one-on-one move. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. But it was a good move. It, the yeah. one thing that it does show is that he's getting off the ball quickly. He's got good footwork and he's good at faking. So even if the spin doesn't necessarily work for a game move, there's about four other moves that you can work off of that. I think he's just going for the flashy moves to show that he is in much better position to be a better player this year than he was last year, because that defensive line last year was God awful. 29th ranked in the league was 
not good. And Tershawn Wharton was part of the reason why that defensive line was bad. Um, uh, Frank Clark, like I said, looking, he looks good in camp every year. Uh, it's good to see the defensive line get the after practice reps and coaching from Frank Clark. I think Frank has a lot of um, experience to be able to coach well. And, and if his head is on, right, maybe he'll finally play well again this year. Uh, but he does have like it is uh, right. It sounds uh, like and, it and it seems like it is. It's it's very comforting um, as a fan, but it's also as just like a human to hear that he's off alcohol and he's getting his life a little bit back on track. Um, that that it's very wholesome. That's heartwarming for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's looking good. I, he's I, showing Karloff just a bunch of stuff. We'll have to see how that turns out. He know. likes him. He likes little uh, <laughs> Travis Kelsey called him Carlophagus. Uh, <laughs> Carlophagus? George Carlophagus. <laughs> I hadn't heard that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so uh, good. I was gonna That's say so though, good. the only uh the only DB reps that I that have been standing out to me have been LJ's. Uh yeah, you've been watching LJ's. I've heard nothing DB, on LJ. The, the DB reps have been kind of lost in this whole thing. Like they're not nothing spectacular, nothing right. like nothing to stand out, but LJ looks good. It's good that LJ looks good because Josh Joshua uh, William uh, Williams looks good as well. Um, he does. I've seen really very little on Juan, and I've seen nothing on uh, Justin Reed. Um, the one person that I would like to see a little bit more on uh, is Trent McDuffie. It sounds like he's getting picked on a lot, and. It's not like he's looking bad. Like they're just picking on him a lot so that he gets these reps in because he's going to have to show out in week one and continue on. Like he doesn't have a choice. You got brought in where you got brought in at, and we think you are who you are. So you better figure it out right away. Um, It's, it's been tough on him. It looks like it has been tough on him. He's been getting targeted and gone after, uh, and they are giving him different fit after different fit after different fit and trying to just abuse the size that he has versus others. Um, and he's, I, I think he's handled the pressure well, uh, and we'll just have to kind of see how mentally tough uh, Trent McDuffie is come week one. Um, but what, are your, what are your thoughts overall uh, on the defense and uh, of camp as a whole as we get set to go and watch it live ourselves um, on Sunday? On Sunday, 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 Sunday. I, I think uh, the most exciting player group right now is the, is the linebackers. Um, we have a really good linebacking core right now. Um, you know, Nick Bolton is, is the should be calling the plays, but I mean, I like Willie Gay is a good linebacker and Leo is going to come into his own. Like he's already showing really, really great things. And we, we kind of knew those things coming out of, uh, out of college. Um, but our, our linebacking core is nice and they're young. And, you know, as long as like they're going to stick together for, for a little bit and that's going to be a staple in our defense. You know, some of the guys like Chris Jones, uh, maybe some of the guys in the secondary might not stick around as long. But I think this this young group of linebackers is going to be here for a little bit and they're going to be what's holding down um, the defense, whether it's good or it's bad the bright spot I feel like is going to be the linebackers. And that's definitely the most exciting uh, player group. On Yeah, I think it will be. And we, the chiefs have been known to have 
a good linebacking core outside of the last uh, few years as we transition to the Pat Mahomes offensive era uh, with Andy Reid. And, uh, you know, you look through the history of, of Kansas City and we've always had great linebackers. Uh, so it's good to see. We've had, we've always had a good, like, even, I mean, you can't say this when we were in our three, four, but we've always had a good Mike. We've always had a good solid middle linebacker, Derek Johnson, Mike Nozlowski, other names are not coming to me right now. Like we've always had one good linebacker and the rest of them have been like, you know, add-ons. Complimentary. Yeah. Complimentary. And that's what you need when it comes down to like how a unit works together is you need complimentary. We don't need a star to go next to, um, to, to go next to Chris Jones. We just need somebody who's going to be able to do their job. And clearly Jaron Reed last year, wasn't the guy who's going to be able to do that. Uh, and so that's just kind of how it works out. I'm excited. What are you uh, hoping to see? What are you looking forward to see the most come Sunday when we go to camp? Um, when we're there on Sunday, like they're going to be over a week together. Like there be, they're going to have spent some time together. I'm, I'm expecting to see units on both sides of the ball. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm expecting things to be clean. I'm expecting things to be look almost like a football game without them, like tearing each other's heads off. Like, um, you know, what I, what I want to see is the, the DBs like impress me. DBs in the defensive line specifically. And I'm already kind of like feeling pretty a little bit better about the defensive line right now, but I want to see the DBs impress me. I want them to make some plays. I don't want Pat to just be able to throw the ball all over the place with, um, you know, cause I know, I, I know he's Hall of Famer. Like this dude is incredible and he's got uh, cool pieces and, and really talented receiving core. But, you know, if if this defense is going to survive, like I want to, I want to see the DBs impress me. I'm going to be looking to see how confident these rookies and year one Chiefs players look. Um, confidence is is going to be key. Confident that you can do your role. Confident you know the playbook. Um, confident and that your teammate is going to be where where they're supposed to be. You know all all that good stuff because if they've got That's the kind confidence, of also what I mean by like being clean and staying like being a unit. Right. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, you know, if I can see some confidence in these guys, that's going to exude more than, than anything else going into preseason for guys trying to win some position battles uh, and then obviously move into the regular season. Um, As we wrap up our camp talk here, we know we're going a little long, but there is one thing that does need to be covered before we leave here today, because the season is upon us. And this year, this year marks a decade for someone in this Chiefs organization, someone who came here and changed this organization from perennial losers to perennial winners to Super Bowl champions with the greatest quarterback in the league today. I don't care who I don't Tom Brady can suck it. <laughs> this guy, Big Red, Andy Reid has the come walrus. in. The walrus has come in the the punt pass kick winner at 13 years old. <laughs> like he at, uh, on the real, an, an amazing human being. I think we can all He's say that just being able to 
see him as a football coach and, and, and what he can do on the field, but also know that he's doing work in the community. He's come here and he's changed a lot of things for Kansas city uh, and, and working with organizations and with his church and all these sorts of different things. And yeah, he's, you know, just like anybody else, he's had some mess ups with his kids and stuff happens. Um, and he's bounced back and just been the same guy that he's always been consistent, but in this tribute, we celebrate 10 years of Andy Reed and we did have some callers call in that we will end the show on, uh, to give their best memories of Andy Reed for 10 years in Kansas city. But Tybo, what are a couple of your greatest memories of Andy Reed here in the last, for the last 10 years? The, the way he ends his, I don't know if it, you call it whatever, but like saying, I'm about to go have a cheeseburger. Like, you want to talk that, about dude, consistency? Like, yes. <laughs> when's the uh, Super Bowl? I mean, I'm not going to Disneyland. I'm getting a cheeseburger. Get a cheeseburger. Like, it's awesome. <laughs> but, you know, like, the, he's a great football coach. He's an offensive mind. They, I've heard him be called a wizard for multiple positions on the offense, on the offensive side of the ball. They say he's like a quarterback whisperer, a running back whisperer. Like he knows how the game has changed over the years, and he's one of those coaches that could stay at any point in NFL history. Got a, I mean, I've got a couple myself. Like number one, he's just overall a good human being and gives players a second chance when a second chance is warranted. And even sometimes when it's not look at the Tyreek Hill situation, uh, look at Josh Gordon being brought back. Um, I mean, you name it. There's, there's been many uh, Michael Vick, number one, uh, first and foremost, I mean, there are, there are so many situations in which he's given players second chances after off the field issues. And um, to be quite honest, it, change those players perspectives and their lives in total. Um, there's not a bad story that comes out about that. And so Andy just being a solid, good dude. Um, that, that was number one in my mind in bringing him to Kansas city is, is what he could do uh, for that community that he's building there. Uh, another one uh, is, like when he came in and he brought in Alex and it immediately turned the chiefs into a winning organization after being perennial losers. Like there's not many coaches who can change losers into winners. Look at the Browns, look at Detroit, look at the jets. Um, like there are just teams out there that continue to lose and nobody's going to be able to do anything about it for a very, very long time. And he came in to a team that was much like the Browns, much like the jets, much like all of those awful teams and was able to just make winners year in, year out. Didn't matter. And change the culture. Change the culture. He knew he had a good fan base behind him. He knew he had some young players that were here and just immediately turned it into a, a community of players that loved each other and a community that they're in. I mean, Kansas City is in the middle of nowhere and is now a destination for players to come. But that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Um, and uh, like 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 Tybo said, man, I love it when he leaves the press conferences and he's talking about cheeseburgers. He's always in a happy-go-lucky mood. Um, 
and that doesn't that that doesn't even you know cover half of what he's done in the league uh, 16 years i believe it is uh this is either year 16 or year 17 uh it could be more than that i don't know he's he's got a long way to go um i don't know if he can make it this long but i will say he's very close to tying if not breaking the record uh for longest tenured with the kansas city chiefs uh, the longest tenured head coach for the kansas city chiefs is hank stram at 16 years like i said this year marks 10 for for big red um, and he, he's got six more years to go. I don't know if he can do it. I don't know. Uh, but the one thing I, I can say is if he can't, I hope he can stick around in some capacity to continue to transform lives um, like he has been his entire career. Yeah, his his first season, that first season the city was 11-5, and five, and that was just so refreshing as a Chiefs fan. Like, there was – there was hope at that point. <laughs> and obviously look where we landed. Like, and he was coming off a four and 12 season from, from Philadelphia. Like he got his own yeah. like personal redemption. Like hundred percent, 100%. And then to be able to send, like look at his coaching staff as well. You look at a guy like Bill Belichick, who's got coaches that come out out of coaches that come out and none of them pan out, but you send 50 or whatever Andy Reid's number is. And there's, there's no better coaches in the league. He covers the entire league with coaches. If you're coaching in a, in a high capacity, uh, a coordinator or head coach, most of these guys came from Andy Reed. There's a reason. There's a reason. And we cannot be more thankful for Andy Reed being here as our head coach. Anything you want to end off with Tybo before I turn it over to the callers? How about those cheese? Enjoy our listeners. I would have to say probably one of the favorite memories of Andy Reid is any primetime game that the Chiefs are playing. It's without fail. They always bring up young Andy Reid in Los Angeles doing the punt, the pass, and the kick competition. He always towers over everybody else. And they always make a point of how big that man is. But without fail, every primetime game, they will bring that up. What's going on, guys? It's Bo Valls, uh, first admission to the podcast. Uh, I got to say my favorite thing about our coach, Big Red, is uh, <clears throat> the post-game tradition, you know, going into the locker room. You always got to get one. How about those three?